0: Hello, all, welcome back to another episode of First One of the Day with Sean P. Uh, I'm here with uh, John Hunter again. John, nice to see you. What up? Or talk to you, I should say. But then, hey, as I take this first sip, hey, first one of the day. God knows I need it. I already already had
1: my first one of the day.
0: (laughs) Well, every time, anytime someone asks, you always just say it's your first. That way you can never... uh, get in trouble yeah
1: I was wondering about like how so is it like a gremlins type thing because they're like don't feed the gremlins after midnight but then also <laughs> if you think about it like they never say like so when can you feed them because technically it's always after midnight
0: uh there's no instruction manual but um how many gremlins did they did they, didn't they remake a gremlins a few years ago or am I making nah, that no nah,
1: they've,
0: they've been they have one in production but you never know okay. It'll ever come out no yeah that'd be pretty cool though
1: You'd yeah, so only probably that, CGI,
0: that'd probably be dumb though. Yeah.
1: That's that's the whole first one of the day thing. Like, so one really is the cutoff for like a new day.
0: Um, it's you know, it's your own truth. If you don't if you're up for like, you know, twenty six hours a day, <laughs> it's just the same day. It's whatever you want to call. Yeah, you know, that's the whole thing with it.
1: Yeah, you like wanna... what if what if you start drinking at like ten AM? And then, like, passed out at like three, but then you woke back up at like four or five.
0: Well, how it started was uh, my granddad, he would always
1: keep um,
0: He was a bit of a drinker, but whenever uh, someone would ask him how many he's had already, he'd say, This is my first one of the day. Ah, uh, yeah. So, no matter when you asked him, it would always be his first one. <laughs> And then it kind of, uh, my father started saying it, and then uh, it kind of became uh, a family thing.
1: Hey, the more you know. It really took
0: off when I started saying it, though. That's when all my sisters <laughs> caught on. I mean, he said it, and I said it because he said it, but.
1: All si- all 16 of your sisters.
0: All 16.
1: Ah, not really 16, but it's dividable. Minus, yeah. Four. Minus, yeah, minus
0: 13. Of them, you know, but yeah, that's where that came from. And it, you know, every time you crack open a cold one, it just feels so nice. You're like, oh, thank God, I'm finally drinking a beer after you know whatever you went through that day. Today I'm Oof. drinking Bud Light again. So,
1: hey, if any are wondering
0: what I'm drinking, it's it's Budweiser or Bud Light right now.
1: Um, I did I did just see since it's like mid. Mid to late August, Oktoberfest is back, so I will be yeah. Well, actually, this weekend, so I'm the best man in uh, one of our buddies' weddings, Lunchbox. The Lunchbox. We should, get, we, should, we should get Lunchbox on the podcast one day. He'd just, be, he'd just be apologizing for, like, six hours. I'm I sorry. remember
0: freshman year, uh, during we had, like, a cooking class together, and um, we hid his, like, uh, notebook and like binder and like folders and stuff in the microwave and he kept asking like and like trying like you know tell us where it, tell him where it was and we just kept giving him clues and they were like riddles actually and we started each riddle with the treasure you seek and then we <laughs> say like a riddle like the treasure you seek can add some heat <laughs> like stuff it, like that it's so a he- while to get it but did he get pissed off? I was
1: going to say, did he get pissed off? Because He did, like,
0: actually. Yeah, he, he, he eventually he started has, getting a little red has, in the face.
1: I was going to say, he's a super, super nice person, but he has like severe anger management issues. It's almost like that scene in The Office when they hide Andy's Andy. phone. Like that's yeah. how he reacts to situations.
0: Oh, yeah. I've seen him play hockey. <laughs>
1: yeah, he left the penalty box one time. I've never seen anyone do that before. <laughs>
0: These walls can't hold me down. (laughs) But, um
1: Remember that time that I got into it with the ref? This was early. This was, like, our first season of playing. And, like, we were playing at a a rank far away, and they had all their, like, home teams, and they they were against us. They didn't want to see us succeed. And that ref called a bogus penalty on me, and I screamed at him. And so he gave me another penalty. And I was like, fuck that. So I was like, I got in the car. I didn't get in the car. I left. and went in the parking lot. So they made someone else serve the penalty, and I was like, dude, this is stupid. Like, fuck this. So I went back, and I just went right on the rink while the person was serving my penalties still, and I scored a goal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's something that you would see, like, in, like, the 20s in the NHL. Like, just, yeah. like, no rules. You have, like, the player coach playing in that. <laughs> they picked, the other team picked a guy out of the stands to play in that.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's, that's a perfect transition for uh, what we're going to be talking about today.
0: It is so a little, um, little, bit
1: of the old game.
0: So this past week, um, I know you've seen it, John, but uh, uh, any of our viewers are hockey fans to be, uh, you've probably seen it as well. But this past week, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Columbus Blue Jackets went into a five overtime game here in the playoffs, and uh, it was the on record is the fourth longest uh, playoff game ever, but in like the modern era, it's the second longest. Um, it well, lasted here... 150 minutes and 27 seconds before.
1: Here's the, the thing: I've game. seen some extended games before, and eventually, usually about midway point of the second overtime, these people, especially in the playoffs, they're playing at a high level, are completely gassed. But right. from the time that game started to the time that game end ended. The compete level, like there was no like that wasn't like an awesome game to watch.
0: It was, and like normally you see multiple uh, breakaways. There wasn't a whole lot in the five overtimes. They were they were getting people back. I know, I know it's like a cliche
1: to say, but you're like it, it's a shame that one team has to lose in a game like that. But it really is the truth. Like both teams in, in the goaltenders were phenomenal. I mean, Corpasalo, yeah. he set. So we'll talk about that a little bit. When we get into the games and stuff like that, and some of the records that were set during that game, um, it is funny to talk about. But he might have the all-time record for saves in a game, or he might not, because you know, back in the 30s, they don't they don't know how things work. But we'll talk no. we'll talk about it.
0: Well, so yeah, let's just get into that. So the record for the longest game was in uh, 19. It was 1936. Uh, it was Detroit. Uh, Red Wings beat the Montreal Maroons, which
1: nice I have no clue Marines. why they.
0: I don't have any clue why they ever changed the name, because the Montreal Maroons is an all-time. Um, that's an all-time name.
1: So I don't think the Maroons were the team that became the Canadiens. I'm not 100, percent but I think Montreal had multiple teams. Let me let me, uh, let me, let me double might, check.
0: That could be true. Well, because they were original, it might have been, but, um. What, Yeah, I guess it'd kind of be like a Rangers-Islanders thing.
1: Yeah, so let's see here.
0: Well, the Canadians were an original six. Yeah,
1: all right. Founded as the team for the English community in Montreal, they shared their home city with the Canadians, who eventually came under the same ownership as the Maroons, but were intended to appeal to the French-Canadian population. This was the first time since 1918 when the Montreal Wanderers folded. That Montreal would have a second team. In order to accommodate the Maroons, a new arena was built for them in 1924. The
0: Montreal Forum. All right. The
1: Maroons were the Maroons were a highly competitive team, winning the Stanley Cup twice and finishing first in their division twice. Uh, Some of the best players of the era played for the Maroons. Eleven players would be elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Financial difficulties resulting from the Great Depression led the Maroons to suspending play in 1938. Despite efforts to revive the team, the franchise was canceled in 1947, leaving the Canadians as the sole team in Montreal. So they're a they're a whole separate team. Wow, those they were there for them them gosh darn English speakers.
0: They should have got rid of the Canadians and kept the Maroons. That's an all time name. Another yes? one of my dude. Names, have you have you seen the... names in hockey is the Kenora
1: Thistles? The Thistles, man, those thistles. that's my that's my squad. That's my favorite team I've ever won the Cup. Um, besides the Pittsburgh Bengals five times, but, <laughs> uh,
0: did, have you
1: not seen not the, sure. have you seen the jerseys for the Montreal Marines?
0: Uh, yeah. Didn't they just have like a big ass M on them and then some diagonal said Maroons on them?
1: Uh, well they had different ones, but the, it was big M, which is nothing too flashy, but I like the actual design. Like they have like the candy cane stripes for the arms. Like they were pretty sweet. Uh,
0: yeah. I, yeah. I think they also had one that had Maroons spelled out diagonal, um, like the Rangers. I'm not, I'm thinking they had one, maybe, maybe not. I could be making,
1: that I'm up. looking. Yeah, I think you're making that up. They have, they had one where the M for the maroons. So they had the M and in, in the M where it's dipping, they had Montreal. So the M O N T came down to the one point in the top of the M and then the R E A L uh, up okay. to the right, which was kind of cool. And then maroons across the bottom.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's a different like, Vernacular back then, but I don't know what made them think of some of these names that they came up with these teams and uh, that, in every sport across the board like 1940 and before. It's like these guys were just what makes you think this team name would stick? Like, the,
1: this I just think it, I think it was just guys outside, like, because there's nothing out there not watching TV or, or shit like that. So they're outside just kicking rocks around smoking <laughs> cigarettes because everyone smoked cigarettes back then, and they're just like, uh, what's that over there? Is that like, uh, is that a is that a plant? Like, oh, those are those spiky shits that always spike. Like, that's the kind of tenacity that I like for my my players. We're gonna be the Kenora thistles. Like,
0: hey, I'm trying to bring a team to this uh this region. What is this region no- known for? Oh, uh, well here in Kenora, we got a lot of thistle bushes. <laughs>
1: uh, like... In a in a semi related note, have you ever stepped on a thistle without a shoe on?
0: I've got in. I like dove into them. I've gotten thrown into them.
1: Yeah, I remember one time I was running. Running in the yard without shoes on, young young kid back in the nineties, and I just remember running, running, fine grass, and it was like blended And I stepped down, boom, hit my foot. Felt like someone just stabbed me with a handful of needles. <laughs> That's
0: basically what they are. <laughs> oh man! Uh, if if you don't know what a thistle is, you know you've seen it. You probably just know it's called a thistle. It's the spiky balls, you know. Plants. I mean,
1: naming yourself after a plant is usually not a good. Um, idea but uh <laughs> of all the plants to pick a thistle it's like what the fuck
0: poison all
1: right let's get back but, to these games yeah
0: anyway so that, yeah in 1936 uh, the red wings actually won that game one nothing and that was the longest uh nhl game uh the second longest NHL. well hey
1: game. before we move on i have to give a shout out to the overtime scorer maybe one of the all-time <laughs> names uh last name brutone Brute, Brutal, Brunei I don't know. I can't pronounce his last name, but importantly, It's like Primo. It's like Primo. Uh, Like Wayne Uh, or Keith Primo. Uh, Sorry about that. I'll edit that part out where I cough. But uh, (laughs) the more important part is that his first name was Mud. (laughs) Mud Brunito. Mud, uh, short for Mud Butt. Mud Butt (laughs) Brunito. Six overtime legend. Oh, man. Uh, interesting fact about that one. I did a little – hey, I did some research here, buddy. That's why I'm coming prepared to help out. Uh, Detroit that season did go on uh, to win the Stanley Cup. So that was the the semifinals. Um, so I guess the, they made it past the Montreal Maroons. that went on to uh, clinch the cup there. So a little mud butt. He, uh, he really helped out those boys in Detroit. And, yeah, uh, interesting every- fact. So if you look at the list – it, great games to see big moments and people that score that overtime goal or played in the game will have that memory for their life. Uh, but historically the top 10 longest games, um, all of them going to at least four overtimes, the team that won the game has only won the cup. Went, went on to win the cup two times. That was uh mud and his buddies in uh 36. And then back in uh, 1930, Gus Rivers got the four overtime winner for Montreal. I wish they still named people like that, Gus and Mud. Uh, I'd watch well, that show.
0: They kind of do, but now it's a little bit more ridiculous. Like uh, North, <laughs> <laughs> they name just North and just weird stuff.
1: So I was thinking, with my last name, I could name kids like some pretty wild shit. Yeah, you like...
0: could name them Mud. Mudhunter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was,
1: I was thinking like Bo.
0: There you go.
1: Have have like a Spanish middle name, Endaro. <laughs> Bo Endaro Hunter. That's
0: uh... oh yeah, I get it. But um, yeah. So, anyways, back to the list. The second uh longest playoff game was between Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins in nineteen thirty three. And that game lasted 164 minutes and forty six seconds, also went to six overtimes. And then uh the final score of that was one nothing as well. So those the first and second games both ended one nothing. And like you said before, like it's a shame that a team has to lose. Imagine being zero zero going into the six overtime, knowing that one team has to lose and one of these goalies that hasn't let in a goal for five periods is now has gone is, is going to let one in.
1: As a, I, hey, I'm a glass glass half-full type of guy, I'd look at it like this as a goalie, like, hey, I got a 50% shot of getting a shutout here in a playoff game. That'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I don't like those odds. 50% ain't high enough all the time.
1: But Better than usual. Yeah. You're, hey, at least your goals
0: against average is going to be good. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we well, don't even... Yeah. So the, I, the really, thing... I really don't know how hockey was played like in the thirties. Like, it couldn't Think... have been fast-paced at all.
1: Well, thinking about like the time frame here, these both these games took place in the thirties. Um, this was probably awesome for the people. I don't know if they couldn't even watch them. I guess listening on the radio because you got you have nothing else to do. You don't have like video games. They might have not even broadcasted
0: games over the radio back then. They might not have.
1: Maybe they didn't even play them. Maybe it was just a whole conspiracy. Like, they just made the games up. It says
0: 1923.
1: Okay, so at least you could listen to it. The radio probably cut out, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at the good old hockey game. <laughs> but, all right, so that was second. Let's move on to the third, because this is one you're probably going to spend some time on. the Between the Pittsburgh Hockey Penguins and the Philadelphia Flyers, Game ended 2-1, to one, went to five overtimes. Uh, it was a total of 152 minutes and one second. That was May 4th in 2000.
1: Yeah, so I got a little backstory in this one. A little young buck in Pittsburgh, nine years old, back in May of 2000. I stayed up and I watched this whole entire game. Whole game. And let me tell you the disappointment when Keith Primo cut towards the middle, I mean, if it wasn't against my team, beautiful move and just absolutely sniped one top shelf. uh, it got to the point where people in that game could barely even move. They're all hunched over. It looked like watching like a d level adult like ice ice game like it it was rough, it was rough like and especially the way the game was played back then um it was, it was that clutch and grab, and, like, that wears on you, like, I, I can't imagine. Like, you hear the stories, like, people were eating pizzas at, at the intermissions, like. Right. Just, like. Yeah, the, I heard they I, ran I, out I, of the,
0: food in the arena.
1: Yeah, there was the one, the ref um took his boot off after the game, and there was, like, like, the boot was filled with so much sweat that it actually poured out, like, I don't know, just nuts. Yeah. But it, even crazier stories so my uncle. My Uncle Jonas, he um, he had tickets to the game. He took his now fiancée, um, which that's crazy. They've been engaged for years. so I don't know if they're ever going to marry. <laughs> that's besides the point. They've um, well, been together for ten, th-
0: 20 years, though.
1: Yeah, their very first date was to this Penguins game. He had tickets. He asked her, you want to go? I said, all right. So they go to this game and they rode with uh, his one other buddy. His other buddy had work in the morning, so he actually left like a fake fan. So he left. <laughs> so they were stuck down there. So the game ends. They lose, and they had to take a taxi cab home. So they take the taxi cab back. Taxi cab back um, and his fiancée, they lived on the same street, so it uh it worked out there. like He didn't have to they drop off, whatever. But her parents um at the time they didn't they didn't believe like they weren't big hockey fans or nothing like that but they didn't believe that the game went that long they're like grilling or like where were you guys at it's like five o'clock in the morning like what the hell like all this shit and they're like just turn on the news like turn on the channel 2 news and look and like eventually like they saw that the game did go but like imagine that like for a first date (laughs)
0: yeah that uh I probably I wouldn't believe it. Well, I'd be watching the game, but that is like something ridiculous. Like, oh, the game just ended because it ended at two thirty-five a.m. The game started at seven thirty, and it ended at two thirty-five a.m. Yeah. taking account the traffic and everything. And well,
1: that's it. that's yeah. like that one that we're getting to the next one, that modern one that just happened between Columbus and Tampa. That game started at three o'clock in the afternoon, and yeah. that game ended at nine thirty in the evening.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a long. And the thing is, so the Bruins game was supposed to be afterwards at eight o'clock. And that get and then they moved it to eleven AM. Uh they moved it to eleven AM the next day. That game went to double overtime. And yeah. so if they would have played like after nine thirty, you know, they made you know puck drop like at they probably would've had the puck drop like at eleven PM maybe even later, and then a double overtime game. That game would have went to like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. So you would be watching hockey like at 4 a.m. since 3 o'clock in the afternoon.
1: That would have been nuts.
0: It would have been. I hey, I, I don't hate it. Broadcasting from from Pittsburgh, that game is pretty famous around here. It would be more famous if they won. You probably would never hear people talk about it.
1: Well, it's still with the way it. that the NBC, NBC, like, SN reporters are. They got Keith Jones on there who was a defenseman in that game. And he was like, I think his like call to fame in that game is he's the only person in the game that didn't have a shot on net. <laughs> but, but he uh, was on he, the ice he, when they anytime, anytime a game goes multiple overtimes, he always they're always talking about and they were they were definitely talking it up during that uh yeah that Tampa game.
0: Yeah, his uh his recollection of the game. He said, like, after they scored and everybody was jumping onto the ice, he didn't know what was going on. And he thought they were going to get too many men. It's like, you're you're in uh, a you made it time to... game. Like, when people start coming on the rink, and needs, it's over.
1: <laughs> that's the part. Yeah, that's the part that stuns me. Like, you've made it to the pinnacle of hockey, the highest level of play there is in the world. And you're not aware of, like, when everyone jumps on the ice that it's because there was a game-winning goal. Like, come on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But, um, and then we'll just, just to round out the, and then the, you know, the fourth one was Tampa Bay. And the round out, uh, the top five, April 24, 2003. Anaheim. I believe they were still, yeah, they were definitely called the Mighty Ducks at the time. Anaheim, Mighty Ducks. Yeah, they beat were. Beat, uh, Dallas 4 to 3. That Good old, uh, it. Yeah, when Peter Seppora got the winner, that was in five overtime. That final game not, time was not uh, quite uh, 140 minutes and 48 seconds.
1: Not quite top ten, but uh, Peter Seppora did have a three overtime winner where he called that he was going to get the winner in a uh, game five of the '08 Stanley Cup Finals for the Penguins. I remember that one. I I was up for that whole thing. I, remember I went to school the next day. I was a uh, was that? I was a junior in high school. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Peter Score also
0: won a cup with the Devils, but he was hurt when they uh, clinched the cup, and then the, they,
1: hey, same thing when happened. They, when they same same thing happened the following year with the Penguins. Like he he was good in the playoffs, big, but that game seven he was injured. They had to play uh, Miroslav Shatan. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's a uh, he's a player I always liked. He um, yeah, more like a finesse type guy, but he was pretty strong defensively.
0: As they say, he played the game right.
1: Hey, I appreciate a guy that plays but the game. He right.
0: was uh, he was injured during the uh, cup clinching game for the Devils and uh Patrick Galliashi was like his best friend, put on Peter Secor's jersey to race the cup and skate around the uh, the rink wearing Peter Secor's jersey.
1: That's pretty cool though. Are they uh both both check? Okay.
0: Oh, yeah, I
1: think so. All right, that makes sense.
0: I know. Oh, Patrick speaking
1: gets... of speaking of another check, the number six, I remember watching this game when I was uh five years old. I don't remember much of it going on, I just remember my my dad being pretty pumped when Peter Nedved scored against Washington four overtimes. Peter Peter Nedved played for the penguins a short amount of time, but people in this town really loved him.
0: And he also spells Peter in like the dopest way.
1: Same way as Peter Secora.
0: P E T R
1: I always just like his jersey, because you don't see a lot of uh number ninety four skating around. No. Actually you don't you see none except for Peter Nedved. He always like he was for the Penguins for a short time, but when I think of Peter Nedved, I think of him as a Ranger. Those big blocky
0: letters. <laughs> Damn, Peter Score got around the league. Played for a number of teams.
1: Edmonton, I think it was. Was he part of Edmonton's uh, Cup run in 06 when they lost to Carolina?
0: Yeah, and he played. He played on the Rangers and he played on the Wild as well. Yeah. So, um, well, watching that game, uh, it got me thinking of like other. Because hockey is a really odd sport. Sometimes, like there's just some things that oh, you're tay
1: you're, t- you're telling me.
0: You don't you don't see in other sports, and you wouldn't think would are possible.
1: The and, saying uh, is, everything can change with the bounce of the puck. And I've I've never I've I've played a lot of different sports at a a high compete level. I mean, I I, I played football at the college level. I played college club ho- ice hockey. Um played baseball yeah. for for a number of travel teams like I, I've played sports at a high level but there's nothing like hockey like you could have by far the most dominant team and you can go out there like in football if it's not your day you could change some things up you can grind it out wear them out like baseball I mean it could come down to a pitch or something like that but like in hockey like you could by and far be the better team and it just just doesn't have it just the bounces aren't going your way. We right. hit the post six times. The goalie has the game of his life. Um, yeah, been there many a time. Well, just just a few weeks ago, we <laughs> we probably <laughs> we probably dropped like thirty five shots on this goalie. The other team was just stunned. The one guy even said he's like it's a shooting gallery out here. We lost the game two nothing. We just could not we could not put it in. Yeah, the it, other team. It
0: really wasn't. I mean, the goalie played good enough, but. It, it really was just a matter of the bounces and hitting posts. Yeah. And just the weird spin of things.
1: That's the, way, hey, that's the way it goes. Hey, sometimes it do be like that.
0: It do be like that. So it got me thinking of like other oddities in, in uh, NHL records. And one record that I always like.
1: Well, before we hop into that record, I just want to talk about one last thing about the – Go ahead. the the Tampa Bay-Columbus game the other day. So, officially, on record, the goalie for Columbus, Jonas Korpisalo, had 85 saves, which ranks as the most saves by a goalie in a game. Um, Which was passing Kelly Hurdy, with 73 saves for the most. Kelly Hurdy uh, most likely would be remembered for his cup run with Gretzky uh, in 93. With the LA Kings. Um, but so there's a little discrepancy there because that number one game, that Detroit versus the Montreal Maroons, um, on record, they really couldn't tell because some people came out with less saves than 85, and other ones like so. Their old scorecards were like the worst chicken scratch. It's like a doctor midday Tuesday just scribbling something off. Like, um, <laughs> But if you add them up a certain way and things look like they add up right, he, the goalie for uh, was it the Maroons or Detroit? Well, the guy's name was Normie Smith was credited with 90 saves. And if you took a look, they got a, a picture. I think it might actually be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but the of the score sheet. And there's just random numbers written everywhere. There's like check marks somewhere so you, i don't know like you, you really can't make heads or tails of it but some people are coming up that he made 90 saves so officially on record corpus has the record for saves which i'm sure he doesn't care about like yeah tip cap he much rather would
0: have won that game but uh
1: normie smith may have made 90 saves back in 1936
0: I think they might have added those two together, (laughs) the two two shots on that. Well,
1: that's something that's crazy to think about is, you know how small the goalies were, like the pads-wise and the style of play, and they didn't even have facial protection idea that a goalie back then could make 90 saves like it's crazy to think about now with these guys in
0: the 30s I really don't even think they had like actual leg pads I think they might have just had like a little bit bigger shin pads and... telephone
1: telephone books
0: <laughs> yeah and just been playing they might not even have a blocker
1: that's even worse because a telephone book back then would, wouldn't do you any good because there's only like 10 num- phone numbers <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, that was that was just crazy to think of if Even if it was anywhere close to 90 saves for goalies to to make that many saves with what little equipment they had back then, like yeah, that so might be saying
0: little to no chest protector. Probably didn't even have like an actual blocker. Probably just another glove.
1: Yeah, that might be saying a lot yeah. about the um the players taking the shots.
0: <laughs> also, you see some like film or like photos from like the rings back then like they had like chicken wire like above the boards
1: i saw a a while when we were looking up crazy crazy stats and stuff like that i saw a wild one where there was a game the la kings were playing in the 70s and someone threw a live chicken on the ice and the and they did and the refs didn't immediately blow the whistle they played on for like another 30 seconds the announcer's like oh they just skated past the chicken good thing they didn't (laughs) run them over the chicken's terrified. It's like shitting on the ice. Like <laughs> NHL
0: is a wild league, man. Certainly used to be. Where you can just pick someone out of the crowd and be like, hey, you're our goalie for tonight.
1: Or yeah, if you're Mike Milberry pick someone out of the crowd and go beat him with his own shoe.
0: That was warranted. Those New Yorkers are – they deserve to get beat. <laughs> Everyone, anyone that's ever been to a game in New York, and no matter what sport, you know they kind of deserve to get beat sometimes.
1: I saw a great, great post someone had the other day about Mike Milbury, and it was like he is the only person to fail at all aspects of NHL <laughs> as a player, <laughs> as a coach, as a GM, and now as a broadcaster.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just goes to show you just got to have the right friends.
0: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That's great.
1: All right, so, hey, fuck me up with some crazy stats, buddy.
0: Well, so, um, yeah, so, you know, I was thinking about all, like, you know, the crazy oddities and, and records throughout the years in the NHL. Um, and one of my favorites, uh, just for the sheer fact that how it lasted so long, was uh, Phil Esposito from the Boston Bruins and. Uh, I think it was a 72 season. He recorded 550 shots on that even, 550 even. And to this day, that holds up. The only one that came close was Ovechkin a couple of times. In 08, 09, Ovechkin had 528, so 22 less. And Ovechkin shot it a lot back then. So 550 shots, he played like, Phil played like 12, 78 games that season. Mm-hmm. that's an average of uh, over 7 shots a game <laughs>
1: that's nuts
0: it is that's,
1: that's, On some, that- that's something that really can't happen nowadays though cuz the way that they teach te- like not teach but like coach these players and the positions they put them in the the style of defense they play with the shot blocking like that's, that's something like even in the knees. like if you left your feet to block a shot like your coach would pull you like that wasn't like how the game was played then like but that's how the game's changed you got these big leg pads and stuff like that. You still see people getting hurt. Like it's shots coming at you crazy fast with like the sticks and stuff they have now, but the game's definitely changed in that aspect where you might attempt like that many shots, but only a third of those are getting through.
0: Yeah. Especially with the shot blocking. That's a good point. Uh Getting, I think like a few years ago, Ovechkin had like 15 shots in in a game, which was just, it's just a, a remarkable number for today's hockey. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it was the it was actually the 1970-71 season. He had 550 shots on net, and uh, I was looking at the stats. He had 76 goals that season. 152 points. He had 76 goals and 76 assists. And and he played in 78 games. That's consistency. That is pretty that's, good.
1: That is pretty but, good. That's like two over two points a game.
0: Yeah. And uh So they always called him the slot machine because he was one <laughs> of the, I, <laughs> he was like one of the pioneers of shooting in the slot cuz back then I uh, I don't know if anyone knows this, but back then these guys were uh big guys that looked more like football players and they had wooden sticks in their hand and they played like, this is a stick and you're not getting near my net. So being in the middle or any kind of like high scoring chance. Uh, yeah. That was
1: the crazy part is there was, there's always that. So there's always rules in the NHL or NHL, but the rules are more like suggestions. Yeah. Uh, like, especially back then when it was like barely like an organized sport, they, um they like, They, you might not, you might not even get a power play for someone just knocking your teeth out with the stick, just like swinging at your face. It's nuts.
0: Yeah. Um, So they definitely did their best uh, to prevent people getting into those, you know, high-scoring areas. But he would he was rip, he would rip them from the slot. So you could say that you know. Oh, he had 550 shots and only 76 goals. Uh, you know, probably should have had more. He'll be, probably be the first one to tell you that he should have had more. That's around like a 13.8% shooting percentage, which is uh, pretty much on par of what players shoot today. So, uh, and also they didn't have the sticks back then were just straight, no curve, just hunks of wood. Yeah. but. Also, the goalies were uh, not as good, but the puck generally stayed, you know...
1: Hip- On the ice. Yeah. yeah.
0: They really didn't go top shelf too much. Hip high, maybe.
1: Well, you think without the curve, it takes a lot
0: to elevate oh, yeah. the puck. A lot.
1: Um, what was the other? I just saw something crazy not to cut you off, but I didn't know this, so... Because um, I was still looking at that Longest overtime game. So it was in 36, but in, it wasn't until the 32 33 season that Detroit was known as the Red Wings. So, yeah, they
0: were known as
1: originally uh, 23, like from 1926 through 1930, they were the Cougars. And then for two seasons, they were known as the Falcons. And then they became the Red Wings. Detroit I knew Falcons. about the Cougars, but I didn't know about the Falcons.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that's where John Cougar Mellencamp got his name. So they said. I
1: don't think so, Sean.
0: Well, probably not, but I could be wrong. But
1: (laughs) most likely, I'm not.
0: I thought he. I thought he said he was a big fan of like 1920s, 1930s hockey.
1: I thought he just liked little pink houses.
0: Uh little pink houses in small towns. Yeah.
1: Detroit's like a smaller.
0: And he loved chili dogs.
1: Sucking on them mostly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, But yeah. So. Thirteen point eight percent shooting percentage ain't terrible, and uh, they also had a saying in Boston at the time. It was, uh, "Jesus saves." Espo scores on the rebound because uh, like I said, he would go close to the net in the slot, and he'd get in the dirty areas, and he'd score in rebounds. But a lot of his teammates also scored on his, uh, on his rebounds as well because he just shot it so much. He just loved shooting, but. Another interesting thing is, um, so the milestone in hockey, right, is for in a season, goal scored is fifty goals, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. If you're if you're considered a top tier goal scorer, elite, fifty goals,
0: fifty goals. Um, so he scored his fiftieth goal of the season on his birthday three separate times. Isn't that crazy? It was Damn. February twentieth. So it's like a lucky day for him. So he scored his fiftieth goal. And uh those that don't know, uh Phil Esposito had a younger brother, Tony Esposito, who's also a Hall of Famer, played for the Chicago Blackhawks. He was a goalie. And uh in seventy-two he was playing against his brother, and he scored his fiftieth and fifty first uh goal against his brother on his birthday. So he did well, it in 71, 71, 72, and seventy four. Uh, is when he scored on his birthday, his fiftieth goal on his birthday. And at the time when Phil Esposito uh, was playing, and when he retired, he had broken literally every single scoring stat there was, like career and season. And then Gretzky came along, and some other players then.
1: Oh, yeah, just rewrote the, his. rewrote. the
0: book. But um, that's another interesting with Tony Esposito because he was also a really uh, great hockey player. I think he's only one year younger too. Huh. And Gretzky? No, than Phil.
1: Uh, okay, I was gonna say that's like weird.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, Phil Phil Esposito is actually the first player to reach 100 points in a season.
1: Yeah, he that. uh. All right, what was the stat I saw? He was the first one to score a thousand points in the same decade. So all a thousand of the points happened in the seventies.
0: Right. Yeah. And uh I know this uh well when uh Tony Esposito he uh he kinda had trouble getting into breaking in the NHL. Um he spent a few years uh like in the minors and um I know there's one story. I can't remember if it was an exhibition so game.
1: Was he, was he traded for his brother, or, or who, what was no. that trade?
0: No, Phil Esposito, he was on the Blackhawks, and so the story goes that he had uh, uh, Hall on his team, and uh, who was the other guy? That Bob, Bobby yeah. Hall. Yeah, they had Brett, Bobby Brett's Hall. Yes, yeah, so they had Bobby Hall, and, Hall on the team, and, um, you know, couple other players, whatever, and Phil Esposito, and he said to the coach, um, and and Phil wasn't a superstar on Chicago, he scored goals, but he was mainly known as, you know, a guy that would just, like, get gritty and score and rebounds, yeah. but he, he, uh, he said to the coach one day, like, after the game, when they were, like, kind of drinking all, drinking around, he said, you know, you got, uh, if you don't screw this up, you got a dynasty in the making here, and then he said, but you probably will screw it up, and... Uh, the next, I don't know if it was the next day, but like that week, uh, he got traded to the Bruins, who were in last at the time. <laughs> <laughs> after he said that to the coach, he said, But you probably will screw it up. And he did screw it up because after they traded him a few years later, Chicago beat him in the cup. Yeah. And well, Chicago was the last place team in the division, too, after uh, the next year, I think, too. Next two years or something like that. It, uh, and then when Tony came on, uh, the Blackhawks, Tony's rookie season. Uh, he posted 15 shutouts as a rookie, and they went from the worst team in the division to the, to the best. But So they both were Hall of Famers, but it worked out good for Phil. Got traded to the <laughs> Bruins, and he's playing with uh, Hodges and Bobby Orr and Sanderson all these players that are fucking amazing. So that worked out. And, uh, oh, so, oh, so there's a little story. I did some research. I was always told this as a kid, and I don't know if it's, I, I haven't never seen it like in print, but I don't know if it was an exhibition game or a regular season game. Well, I'll say this. So, uh, Tony's first, uh, Tony Esposito's first game in the NHL was against his brother, right? Against Phil. Mm-hmm. And Phil was already the superstar scorer. So, uh, in the first game. The game ended two to two in a two to two tie. Not bad, he only gave up two goals against the Bruins. Uh Phil scored both the goals <laughs> against his brother in his first career start. So with that I,
1: I'll tell you I, what, there's there's a certain because of all the years play you when you play against your brother, like you're playing in the street and yeah. that competitive level, like I don't you, you never had him. So that's that's a shame. But Whatever. it's it's something that's yeah, there's something that's there. Like, um, but when you actually play them in a competitive game, so one time in a hockey tournament, my brother who's four years younger, so he he was on uh, cranberry team in the tournament. I was playing for for Deckstars at that point. Uh, this was years ago. Uh, his team was like we were by far like we didn't lose a game, just steamrolling people like just just crushing. And his team was like picked to pretty much finish last. We had like a Cinderella run. And so they made it to the final. So that's the first and only time I gotta play against my brother in, in like a competitive setting for hockey. And oh man. We we took it to I my two goals in the game. We won nine to one, won the championship. But I remember so we're up late nine to one, it's like over, like whatever. And uh you should have seen the look on the ref's face when we line up for a face off and I was on the swing. My brother was the, out there at the same time. I kept slash and I'm slashing. and I'm trying to get him to drop the gloves. I was like there's never gonna be another chance to fight my brother in a hockey game. And <laughs> and the ref came over and grabbed us and like he didn't understand what was going on. We he all,
0: didn't know that you were like, brothers.
1: Nah. But uh <laughs> that was that just made me think about that when you, you, you play against your brother in a competitive setting, but I would have dropped him in that for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I remind him sometimes. I show him the gold medal that we won. kind of evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: you're like the typical like '80s movie like older oh, brother. Yeah, <laughs> right. from the Goonies. <laughs> I try. Yeah,
1: I try to. I try to make. I try to toughen him up. It's our time down here. Like no, there's <laughs> a nine piece on you. <laughs>
0: So with that whole brother thing, all right. So I was told this story a bunch of times. I don't know if it's an exhibition game, a regular season, or what. But apparently, and what Tony's rookie season as well, Phil had Phil had a breakaway on him and just flipped the puck like to his glove hand and just like let him have the save. And uh, the whistle blew, and Tony skate and like Esposito just like tur- or Phil just turned and like started like skating back, you know. To the face-off, and then Tony like like skated towards him from behind, and was like about to hit him from behind, but was yelling at him and and was basically saying like, "Don't you ever fucking do that again! Like you you'd never give me a like a fucking easy save like that ever again! Like you shoot it." (laughs) So I always was told that. So good competitive nature with him. Also saw so uh, was that oh eight oh nine season. Was With the Ovechkin, he got 528 shots on that, and that was the closest he came. Hey, who won the cup that year? 08, 09. That was probably the Penguins, wasn't it? It was the Penguins.
1: That was a great year for me. Steelers won the Super Bowl. I
0: Didn't graduated even... high
1: school. Penguins won the Stanley Cup. Can't really ask for much more out of a year.
0: <laughs> and one more thing about Phil Esposito when they retired his number in 1987. Ray Bork. Was uh number seven, he was a captain of the Bruins, he's wore yeah. number seven since like '78, so he wore it for like nine, ten years. That's when he changed his number to '77. After during actually, yeah, it was he revealed it during he was wearing his number seven, yeah, the
1: retirement, and he took it off yeah. and had the
0: '77. Yeah, yeah, very famous clip in NHL lore.
1: Never was a real big Ray
0: Bork fan. Uh, he holds the record, NHL record, for most career shots. So, on that.
1: Yeah, yeah I just never really was a, was a big fan of him. Just because, and I have a, a warped perspective on it, because he was an all-time defenseman. But, like, I just kept seeing Mario Lemieux would just intentionally, like, you watch the old clips, like, Lemieux would seek him out, knowing that he was, like, the best defenseman in the game, and be like, hey, I'm going to embarrass you on TV. <laughs> He did. You go back and watch his clips. He used to like skate into him intentionally and like put the puck in between his feet and be like, "Hey, little boy, give me that," and then take it off him and score. But then again, like Mario Lemieux is all time. Yeah, and the Bruins. Not saying like, Ray like, Bork is an all time defenseman, but like Lemieux was like, you yeah. know, some people are just born to do things. Like Lemieux was born to play hockey. That's my stone cold lock of the decade.
0: Stone down cold lock of the decade
1: dog you're out there watching gala gala island
0: dude that theme song is awesome been your been bump bump he was, was
1: bump break bam, dancing bam, bam,
0: frog <laughs> A breakdancing frog that's that
1: i actually that's...
0: little known fact i, I auditioned to be Binya Binya. uh i didn't get a call back
1: you were too you were I too also, small to I, wear the costume
0: no i uh i brought a homemade version of the costume that'll, they said it looked like chewbacca's bowel movements
1: so. that'll get you that will get you <laughs> yeah
0: uh it's sports but okay so um just staying with hockey and records and everything not really records but uh so in our, in our in our deck hockey uh season yeah we're playing deck hockey there ain't no ice oh it's a pandemic, well, we
1: could briefly talk about the ridiculousness um of, of our ice ice team about how the new uh <laughs> covid stipulations make it borderline impossible to play
0: yeah, so they sent out like the email, and um, basically, they're. Uh, and we, pl- I mean, I guess it's hard for them because we play at the facility the Penguins practice at. So I get that they definitely don't want to have any outbreaks. But there's a there's a line between, at this point, you shouldn't even be playing then because. Yeah, with the stipulations, but the stipulations
1: they have... that they released, they should just went ahead and just said, hey, we're just not going to open so... till the fall.
0: There's no, there's no locker room usage at all. And mind you, this isn't just for adult leagues. This is for, uh, you know, like the the midgets and whatever the mighty. Well,
1: that's where like the the the, one of the premier like youth teams, not even just in like Pittsburgh in in the United States, like the the Pittsburgh Elite that used to be the Hornets. Like that's their home arena too. Where they're having like yeah. top potential prospects coming in and playing it too. Like these, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'll let you finish telling them. But like, it, I, when I read that email, I was like, "What the? Are you fucking kidding me?"
0: Yeah. So there's no locker room usage. And um, so there's there's ten, there's like eight to what is it like seventeen year olds that are also using not just adult leagues. So.
1: And that's the thing. There's a uh, lot of people that play. So they only got, what, they got two sheets of ice there? Yeah. Two pristine sheets of ice there. <laughs> but uh, they have adult leagues alone. They probably have 50, oh, 50 teams, maybe, through all divisions. Definitely. That's alone. And Definitely. then the amount of kids' teams that play there, too, might be even more. So you, you have, I guess, thousands of people that would use that facility on a daily basis. Yeah. So you definitely want to take precautions, but at this point, if these were the level of precautions that you're g- gonna go with, like don't yeah. open. So
0: let, me tell, them. let yeah. me tell them. So there's no locker room usage. They have like 12 locker rooms. Can't use any of them. They're locked. Um. You, when you walk in, you can. You have to walk in alone. If you're a child, like you know, like I said, one of the youth players that are like eight, ten, eleven, twelve years old. And that you, most of them do need help with uh, carrying their equipment or putting on their skates. Some of the younger ones, uh, you're only allowed one person uh, in to walk in with you, like through the doors to help you with carry equipment in, get your skates on. But once you're done putting your equipment on, they have to leave. They can't be in, not just not in the stands. They can't be in the building. They have to leave. So if you're a parent, you help your Kid get dressed, tie their skates, and then you have to leave like your little eight year old kid out there on the ice and not watch them at all. That's that's and, the thing but as hope a as happens. a
1: parent. Like I'm obviously not a parent now, but like one day I probably accidentally be. But like just <laughs> as a responsible individual, like thinking like do that, like something something happens to your kid, where you supposed to just be sitting in the parking lot and like you're gonna see the ambulance pull yeah. up? Like Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah, and like that's like parents best like. That's their enjoyment. is, like watching their kid play sports. Like they're proud of that. So they're not allowed to do that. And uh, the adult leagues, you're not allowed to everyone, anyone come. Your girlfriend, your wife, your kid, oh, even your brother, ridiculous.
1: You're not even allowed. Your you're not even allowed to bring your full roster. This... Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I'm... So let me get All right, to this sorry, thing. sorry, it's getting me fired up.
0: So there's uh no locker rooms you're only allowed what you only you can, if you're a kid you, you can only allow one person with you they have to leave if you're an adult nobody can come with you you have to walk in yourself you only get one chair they specified one chair in the lobby that you can get changed in and they said that you should come already dressed and the chair is just to sit down and to put your skates on. Which is insane.
1: Uh, The the rink's what, like 20 minutes from my house or so? Like, what am I going to be driving down Route 8 looking like a fucking goober with my hockey equipment on?
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, well, you hit, you hit spot on. I have a small car, I have a small car, and I'm not a good driver as is. Like, and me driving with elbow pads, shoulder pads, and shin pads in this in my hockey pants, driving down. At, and sometimes the games are like 11 30 at night and i'm just sitting there driving with this shit on like no way am i gonna do that and Dude, you
1: couldn't even get in the, the your car with your hockey pants on
0: i probably wouldn't i have a small car so that one and when i read that you'll you'll get you'll be provided one chair i just laughed out loud i was like oh Dude, thanks and for the that, amount <laughs> that thanks the amount the, the amount that
1: we pay for see the season to play there it's higher than any other facility because it's the newest. It's a, a very beautiful facility, but the yeah. amount that we pay is already ridiculously high. But the fact that they would put in there, like the audacity the audacity to put in there, the you'll be provided with a chair.
0: Yeah. That so, chair better than like with six the fucking size.
1: PlayStations in it.
0: So the roster size per game, you're only allowed ten people to come on your roster. I think we carry fourteen on our roster because people can't make every game, this and that. So we carry around fourteen. So we're only allowed to to have.
1: 10 well, that's the thing come. is we that's, always
0: that's we two always because we like to get the playing time and stuff like
1: that. And like we like we usually carry like a little bit lighter of a roster, but there's teams that carry like three fucking lines.
0: Yeah. Well, we would have we we always try and get ten to twelve every game. If, you have to, if you have possible, to nice. twelve, and especially with like um our team isn't like we're not stacked top to bottom, and like yeah, we're definitely you know, a we real have, top heavy team. Yeah, we have we have a a weaker bottom half that isn't going to skate, you know, half the game or take long shifts. It just anyway so it is nice to have i mean two full lines is minimum is what we would need and uh to you know be productive throughout the whole game without you know being totally gassed and that extra one or two players helps a lot and now we're just you know forced with the minimum and it's stupid because we've already played three before covid we've already played two or three games in the season so people are already fully paid so if we get our full everyone can make it all 14 people can make it As a team, they said that we have to figure out on our own. Yeah, it's all well and good until you get to the playoffs. So imagine having that fair system. But um, Well,
1: from what I heard...
0: Yeah, you have to pick and choose. And then also what they said with... The compensation, since some players aren't going to be playing, you know, all the games, even if they could, because of it, they said that also the compensation or the refunds to figure out on your own, and Which, they said it should be pro. Which I don't, I like,
1: don't understand the um, the the verbiage of, of in that email. Like, so who, what do they just want you as a team to pay your play? Like, are, are you going to be reimbursed by the league?
0: That's what's confusing. Yeah. Uh, no. So, the fact is that someone played, like, say someone played um, all the games, uh, they're expecting to, that person to
1: get paid uh, by the team. some of right. that
0: money To get some of that money to their own teammate because they didn't get to play all the games. Which doesn't
1: make sense because you've already paid no, your full amount. Like, it, it's yeah. fucking stupid.
0: Yeah, like, how about the league reimburses you? Because we all pay well, for a full season.
1: you, and you, you saw that. how it's already going down is none of these teams like, want to deal with that bullshit, so they're just not playing.
0: Yeah, and that's why... So last week we had a game for Saturday night, and you could say yeah, part of it was because it was a Saturday night, and part of it was... Uh, I mean, I know I was uh, pretty much on the fence of like not doing that because like, it's just not worth going through all that trouble and, and you can't after. And the main problem with the the, the whole chair thing and the in the in the lobby, after like all right, whatever. If I change outside before the game, fine. About fifty percent of the people still take showers there after the game, and that's like the point. That's the problem. That the biggest problem is after the game, I still can't get Yeah, changed. so so for example, if it's like a Saturday, so if it's a Saturday work. night game and you're going out
1: afterwards, like. You bring a change of clothes, you shower there, and you're good to go. Now you'd have to drive the 20, 30 minutes back home. And then if you're going into the city, you're that's right. another 20 minutes down. Like, you're just not – it just fucks everything if you everything don't do that,
0: that, driving in the sweaty shit home, if you choose to stay in it, or you change in the parking lot, which, you know, not that huge of a deal. If yeah,
1: but then – so you change out of the sweaty clothes, but then you also – which, yeah. which is even weirder. You're gonna have to get bare-ass naked, pretty much, in the parking lot. It just,
0: yeah, and it just doesn't matter. It doesn't even make sense because even they said that chair. You're not allowed to bring in your bag, so you have to like hand carry your helmet, your stick. Your well, that's gloves. the part I that think... I didn't understand about that. What about the goalie? It, tough luck, I guess.
1: That's oh, ra- Hey, we'll wrap it up here a little bit. I'm gonna give a shout out to yeah. our uh, hockey team, the Breakers. We're playing in the semifinals here.
0: Oh well. Well, Here's the thing. that's what I was gonna get into with that ice with the ice oh, thing, yeah. hockey thing. Um, it's just it wasn't worth a lot of the players uh, are just like there's not worth you know playing with those circumstances. So um, they're not. So we had a game last Saturday that was scheduled for it, and uh, the other team only had four people showing up, so it was just gonna be we could use the 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 ice time but it wouldn't have been a game. And then we ended up getting, I think, five or six only, so they just canceled the game. Well, we told them to cancel the yeah. game because, you know, no point with nine people total. Um, and it's just like, it was a shit. Like, I mean, that's the
1: part that's a real, real rules, bullshit because the we pay so much, and those refs are like the yeah. most overpaid refs I've seen in any league because they don't do shit. Yeah. And half the time you don't even get the two refs, but you've already paid for it. And their favorite yeah. thing is if there's not enough people – or if there's a situation where you use a legal player and they can call the game, they love to check for that. Use a legal player that they'll call yeah. the game and hey, you get your free time for the period of this game, both teams could shoot around and play within yourselves, but they still got paid. Like that's their favorite.
0: Yeah. Oh, but they're by far not the worst ref I see. Oh no,
1: not not the uh, worst our deck, as far as appreciate. Our, our
0: yeah. deck hockey ref. Our deck hockey ref. I and I I've been playing hockey uh at a competitive level for 15 years, somewhere around there. I'm I'm almost on 20, dude. (laughs) And uh, I've been playing hockey total since I was three, so 25 plus years. This is, by and large, probably one of the worst refs I have ever encountered, ever. I agree. And, And it's not because he calls penalties wrong. He doesn't call penalties wrong. It has nothing to do with penalties. It has everything to do with every like whistles that he he blows a whistle while plays going on where nothing happened. And he'll just be like, sorry, sorry, inadvertent whistle, inadvertent oh, whistle. I didn't hear that and it's like in a couple times, it's like when a team is like, you know, cycling in the zone and they're, you know, setting stuff up and it'll just blow the whistle. And it's like, Oh, you get to have the, you know, you get the ball back. It's like, that's not the point. It's like not even close to, Having it as good as we just had
1: Dude, it. Like, the part that blew my mind is like the fact that he singled you. Like so, he's at this point. This is the first season he's been around. So he's refed six of our games. You've been suspended for two of them.
0: Right. Um, for for punching someone where I didn't punch them. Yeah.
1: But they. uh, <laughs> The fact that he'd single you out after this is only after like two games that he's refed and say like, well, well, you got a reputation, Sean. Like what?
0: Yeah, like, how would he know? Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah,
1: you don't have a reputation. Plus, we haven't played at that. That we've been playing at other ranks. We haven't played at that rank in years. We just came back that to reputation it. Reputation yeah. for
0: scoring goals, drinking beer. I'm, I'll tell you what. I'm
1: disappointed. in you. you missed the scoring title. Barely.
0: I tied with the tied the league in points. Tied the league lead in points. Yeah, okay. but he had more goals.
1: All I'm saying is, she could have got one more assist that last
0: game. I should have.
1: Such Actually, fun. if he didn't inadvertently wh- blow the whistle because he said the goalie froze it when you just took it off his pad, it okay, was a yeah. goal. <laughs>
0: so that's the problem. Uh, the, the biggest problem is that he blows the whistle way too early. He'll he'll blow the whistle when he loses sight of the Oh, puck the one that he ball. does a lot,
1: if if someone rips a shot and he thinks it just went into the net, even though on wide and behind the net, he'll blow the whistle and I lost sight of the ball because he thought it went into the net. But yeah. it's like in the
0: corner. <laughs> yeah. And – that's like the whole thing. The like the, the letter of the law says, yeah, if you, if you, you leave, you lose sight of the ball, you blow the whistle, but the spirit of the law that only applies when it's near the crease or near the goalie. If someone blocks it and it goes to the corner, you don't know where it is. You wait a few seconds before, you know, you make your decision. And, because you're gonna find the ball eventually, but no, he just blows the whistle. I, He's like, I oh, think I lost sight the of it.
1: issue that he runs into the most is his uh, combative personality. Like he immediately, like if most times of like players are gonna complain, that's just what it is. If a ref doesn't take it personally and just doesn't say anything or just lets it go, like.
0: That's, like, the best, that's yeah, like the best you like, can do. Yeah,
1: like, people understand. They just want to get that frustration out. Like, some people are assholes. You might, if they yeah. continue. You got to get the point. Yeah, if us. they continue or berate you, like, that's where the unsportsmanlike comes in. But if anyone says, like, oh, come on, that's in, he's immediately, like, screaming at him. Yeah. Like, that's that's his yeah, demeanor. Yeah, you've the nickname Hulk yeah, he talks like, oh, yeah,
0: brother. That's on <laughs> sides, brother. What you going to yeah. do? And, when and he talks about. running out he talks about how you know when he used to play, but he's got a bad knee he's, now and he hasn't he played said, in twenty he years. said he, like
1: he's he's has a lifetime ban from seven different ranks. Like, does yeah, that sound like and something? He talks that about be how good he, he used to be.
0: Yeah, my favorite, like, obviously, my you don't favorite know the is rules. when he told
1: you he said we play a similar style game, Sean, except for I was faster than you. <laughs> the the look see... on your face was like I what? Understand
0: he doesn't understand like i'm a little bit bigger now and slower than i used to be but he doesn't understand that uh, a few years ago i was one of the fastest people that ever stepped on that rink (laughs) and he doesn't understand that like i used to like not do anything except for just stand there and wait for someone to chip the ball so i could just go and get it and do something with it like and then the audacity after watching like six of our games goes, Oh, we play the similar style. It's like, how? You got banned from seven rinks. I haven't. Like how does that make we didn't play any similar style. I I'm, I'm co leading the league in points and you there's no way that you even have more than fifteen goals in your life. There's just not. And he sits there, and he started talking to me at this one. It, we weren't even playing; I was watching the game after us, and he starts talking to me. He's refing the game, and he's talking to me.
1: He and missed the offsides. How,
0: oh my god, he missed an offsides, and they scored on it. And but he's talking to me about how we have a similar style. And then the the thing that you know is now a famous saying for the past like three weeks is he literally turns to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He turns to me while refing a game while I'm watching, and goes, "You need to just cool your jets. Yeah, you have a reputation,
1: dude." <laughs> He's refing the
0: game, and I'm like, "Who are you?" Listen, that last game
1: when you got into it with him, I thought, I thought a hundred percent you're getting fucking thrown out. Like when you got into it, with him, and then when it ended, you said, "You need to cool your jets. There was a, he had like because he's always loud and like and people like he just like stopped talking. And I was like, he is boy, I, he might not <laughs> even throw you out. He might have just was gonna fight you because he knew exactly what you were ref- referencing,
0: yeah, I didn't even see him. I turned around as soon as i I went back to the bench. So what happened was he does this every game. Someone shoots it on that, the ball is not covered. It's against the goalie's pad or it's it's somewhere. And yeah, the, just the goalie thinks
1: he's freezing it like over on his right side and the pad it's sitting on like the bent in pad, the toe of the pad on the left side. Right. So like a a forward in so, front could just scoop it off the pad and put it in the
0: Which exactly what I was in the process of doing. I was digging at it. I dig it out and he blows the whistle, and it's on my stick when he blows the whistle. And I and I just backhand it to the corner and he calls uh, uh, a delay a game or unsportsmanlike, and the other team gets a penalty shot because, in this, it's a short in season format. Every penalty is a penalty shot because we're playing, COVID so we're playing for
1: COVID rules, we're playing for the COVID Cup.
0: Yeah, they didn't score in the penalty shot, but at but when he called the penalty, it took him like two minutes to call the penalty, and I was baffled, and so I was standing there and I walked up to him, and I was just like, how is that a penalty? He's like, you shot it on net after the whistle. And I'm like, did it go on net? It went to the corner, so obviously it didn't. And he was like, listen, listen. And I was like, you got to – like, absolutely not. And I was – he's, like, he's, like, cool he's, no,
1: he's like, come here, Sean. Like, let's talk. You're like, hey, uh, how about after the game? Like, we're in the middle of the game.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was after we uh, – after he saved the pe- – our goalie well, saved the penalty shot. Shout out, Austin. After he saved the penalty shot – uh, the ref's like, "Sean, come here, come here. Let me let me tell you." And I was like, "No, after the game, after the game." And he goes, "Okay, after the game." And he looked like he was gonna cry. Yeah,
1: dude, he didn't even talk to you after the
0: game? <laughs> no, he didn't. I think I think it, that really hurt his feelings <laughs> that it didn't. Talk. It's a running clock too because of these COVID rules. So, and we were up to nothing, so I could have just sat there and talked to him for ten minutes. Just and the rest killed of the, the game. Yeah. He would have. He would have. That would have been great. That
1: would have been absolutely
0: the best. It, oh man so many times how many times has he blown the whistle when the goalie didn't even have it and like the, the one yeah. game he did it the one game he did it four times the worst one the, one the one game when it, co- three it of cost them. us
1: a game because yeah, because we three of the them. puck was the puck was sitting in the back of the net we had already scored and he blew the whistle and said the goalie yeah. froze it like no it went right so, through the goalie and was sitting in the back of the net
0: that same game he did it three times prior and it actually benefited us but that fourth time, it actually cost a, game, a goal.
1: Well, the crazy part is and... as bad as he is, there's that other ref they have there that sometimes they're, they're a tag team partner, and he is the oh, the man. tag team champions of the world. He is actually by far the worst ref I've ever seen. He tried to call a goal, a goal that wasn't in, and he blew his whistle, and everyone's like, what the hell, didn't someone blow their whistle? And he just acted like no one was talking to him. Like, I never... Yeah, s- he, let play continue. he just, like, blinded.
0: clear as day, it, it literally just hit the post and came straight out. And like it didn't go across a goal line or anything, and he blows a whistle and is pointing for as it for a goal but allows play to continue and is acting like no one blew the whistle. Just
1: fuck fucking insane. It was
0: bizarre. It was bizarre. Hey, if any listeners out there ever want to come watch one of our games, I'll fly you out personally.
1: That's that's a little basi- that's States. a little facetious. Basi-
0: <laughs> 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 no, not really. I'll fly them out personally. Spirit Airlines. <laughs> On the wing, <laughs> no, right? Drop an email, drop an email. That'd be pretty
1: cool if on plane the, flights they had first, like wing seats. You can first, sit the number
0: in. one of the day at gmail.com. If you want to fly out and watch one of these games, you got to get a taste of this ref.
1: <laughs> you really have to see it, see it to believe it. Maybe we'll start taking some video and put it up on the uh, the Twitter page. Let, let people see the uh, nonce. Actually, Sean, that's what you should do. Um, we were talking about earlier that chicken scratch, uh, NHL like from 1936, the score sheet where they can't figure out how many saves the goalie made, there's a screen grab (laughs) of it. Throw that up on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I'll do that. I'll have my producer do that. Dude, that's me. (laughs)
1: Wait, this please going to Johnny? I'm Johnny.
0: (laughs) I'm Johnny. That's a question I have for you. Have you ever went by Johnny? Never. Uh, Only
1: my calls me Johnny. My mom. She actually calls me Johnny Potato Head, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Let's
0: talk about it.
1: When I oh, that's not when worse I was born. My head name. looked like a giant fucking potato.
0: All right. <laughs> all right. So, my mom called me this since I was a kid. And I didn't really think anything, <laughs> no, <laughs> anything of it until one time in high school she called me it and I had a couple friends over and they looked at me and they were like what did she just call you? So she used to call me penis wrinkle all the time. Oh my god. I, I, this baby's got a wrinkly penis I guess. So this one time she was just like, ah oh, like like my friends were always like, oh what do you guys what do you want to order, penis wrinkle? And you know, I didn't think any other. No, oh, like, out, time Trevor, out. Time it out. was Trevor. And he looks and he just goes, "What did she just call time you?" Out.
1: Is that what the Sean, the Sean P, the P stands for?
0: No, it doesn't. It stands for my middle name, and it's not penis wrinkle. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's gonna be pretty, pretty much it for this episode, of first one of the day. I uh, want to thank you guys for listening. Um, if you like the show, give us an email at first, the number one of the day at gmail.com. Twitter at first one, the number one of the day on Twitter and YouTube. You could type in first one of the day with Sean P. And on Spotify, it's first one of the day as well. Uh, you can us do it at all of those podcast streaming stations. Give us an email. Drop any suggestions you want us to talk about or any other topics you want us to expand upon or just any comments or questions. We'd love to hear from you uh i'm here with john hunter he also has a podcast
1: yeah just look it up on twitter at at horror Vision, one word um there's links and stuff there but pretty much all all streaming services you could uh check out the podcast there we'll talk about horror movies It's something that i like
0: yeah i'm on that a lot uh it's a lot of fun if you like movies, if you like horror movies, if you're ever at a party and just want to throw a <laughs> horror movie on, it's a good one to go with. The next
1: it's time terrible. you have a party, I'm just throwing on some some fucking movie. <laughs> oh, that's the thing is, anytime you've ever had a party, I don't remember the TV even being on. No, one time, no, one time on. I remember it was when because you're a big Devils fan. It's when the Devils yeah. were playing the uh, Rangers, Rangers game seven, two conference conference final. To go to uh, the Stanley Cup I remember that's the only time I remember the TV being on No there was another Send him I remember another time too Because I was so messed up I was looking at the screen uh, yeah, it, was, the Olympics. it was the Olympics when TJ Oshie was taking all those penalty shots I remember looking at yeah. the screen and He's lined up to take a shot And I'm seeing three TJ Oshies and I was like oh boy this better end soon
0: Yeah that was like at 5-6 in the morning Yeah because we, we, we
1: decided like We were going we're like, this game Because it's an awkward time It was what Sochi so, yeah, so with a time right. change, they're like, "Oh, this is what time the game's on." I was like, "We'll we'll just keep we'll, we'll just keep going until it starts. We're going too yeah. hard. Say so, hey, such is life.
0: Such is life. Hey, party hard. I have a, that's what we'll get into in a couple podcasts from now is party stories. I have a lot of stories about being on vacation, drinking alcohol, and whatnot, and I'm sure so do you. So we'll definitely make that a point. But uh yeah, thank you guys for listening. John as always, thank you for coming on first one hey, of the day. Always
1: appreciate it anytime, Sean.
0: No problem. And all you listeners out there, uh, don't be churlish. Keep it fresh. Listen to this outro music.
1: Check you later.